It's the day after Christmas. The eggnog is gone and my head hurts. So does yours, as do the hearts of Cheese Kingdom. What went wrong and what are the chances from this point forward that it can get right? How do they go about that? How do we get through the Christmas hangover today? With Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest, you just saw him yesterday, but we're doing it again. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom. It is Locked On Chiefs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and that means your team every day for free on every platform, starting here on YouTube, where I would ask you to like this video right now just for my creative intro. Uh, Maybe sub to the channel because we're going to give you a ton of information from experts like Matt, and then hit the bell so that you know what happens next because there's always something happening next, and it is uh, a very short turnaround this week after that ball game that uh, I know a lot of folks still uh, are enjoying Christmas dinner uh, again and again and again trying to forget that one. We're going to give you some details on it and what is the core of the issue. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, as well as NFL33.com, where you can get our team building and draft coverage and RGR football with Dan Harms locks down the film. And I do everything else-ish so that you know everything that's going on. Matt Derrick is the man, our guy on the inside in Chiefs Kingdom at ChiefsDigest.com. You can subscribe to him as well as his channel here on YouTube. Uh, Matt, lot to go over. We'll, we'll turn it to the Bengals here because it's a quick turnaround later in the show. There's factors to getting some of these things fixed, but just as we take a step back and everybody's enjoying uh, leftovers today, what's the Christmas hangover lingering for you? What What is wrong with this team that we keep feeling has going to be on the mend that just hasn't come to fruition yet? Where are you at? Yeah, I mean, after, after a, a reasonable, decent, nice sleep for once, um, <laughs> I mean, full of the, full of the Christmas food. Um, honestly, I mean, I don't feel a whole lot differently in the light of day than I felt after the, the game on Monday. It's, this is continuing to be the offense's problem. And it's not just one thing. I mean, as we talked about after the game, I mean, is, is Mahomes doing everything the right way? I mean, no, he's making mistakes. There's throws that he's missing, whether it's not on schedule, not on target, wrong place, wrong time, turnovers, mistakes. I mean, he's not clean in all of this, but neither is the offensive line. Neither are the receivers. Neither is the play calling. Um, I don't, I don't know that, you know, the, some of the animation that you're seeing on the sideline is any indication of, you know, this team falling apart. I don't think that's the case. I mean, I've been asked that a little bit in the last, you know, 24 hours, if that is the situation that this team, you know, doesn't like each other or there's some sort of Mm -hmm. chemistry problem. I really don't get that sense. I think that, you know, to a degree, they're all kind of stuck with, you know, what to fix and how to fix it. And, and if Andy Reid knows how to fix it, I mean, maybe his, his realization is that he, he figured out long before us that, he can't. Then maybe this is just the way this team was going to be, and and his goal is really just trying to get them through the best they can and and look towards next year. I don't know, but I I do I do know that it, hey, if if the coaching staff of this team had a magic switch to throw, Mahomes had a magic switch to throw, they'd have done it by now. I mean, this is a, a more systemic problem, and to me, once again, it's not one person. It is it's everybody owns a little bit of piece of this. I agree with you. It does not feel like this team's coming apart to me either. It does feel like some of the stars are a little bit more prone uh, to high expectations and the frustration factor of not knowing a simple breakdown that can be fixed 
or, or a schematic issue that somebody's being asked to do something they're not capable of. It's the mystery that I think is really getting to the likes of, of Travis Kelsey, uh, Patrick Mahomes as well. I think we see that in when there are um, heated conversations on the sidelines. It is generally not two ways. It is is someone trying to raise the level of play of their teammates. It is not someone biting back. I don't see anybody on the offensive line complaining about Patrick trying to rile them up. I don't see anybody in the offensive line pointing figures at each other or you're not doing your job. It just feels like a bit of bewilderment. And that, to me, is almost more concerning because I think it's it's dug deeper as the season's gone on to the point now where we're not even getting play calls in. We're burning timeouts. We're seeing them make mistakes that younger, less experienced, and quite frankly, less talented teams do around this league all the time. That's indicative of me of, of again, an overcomplication across the entire surface of this offense. Is it deeper than that? And is there anything good that we can take away from the fact that these interactions are the way they are? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's hard to describe because once again, I mean, so many of these little mistakes can be put into different buckets. I mean, you know, uh, formation penalties, lining up offsides. I mean, you know, not being in the right location. I mean, these are a lot of times just mental errors. And those can be indicative of guys just not paying attention to the details. And some cases, you know what, I'll listen to the argument that if somebody wants to make it, and I think we even talked about this the other day, is that if you want to make the argument that the Chiefs kind of spread their development time and their learning time across too many players, especially at the wide receiver position, I might listen to you. Because, you know, whereas I think you could certainly point at a player like Marquez and say, hey, wait a minute, this is the second year in the system. He's a veteran. He should have everything down. I get I, I would agree with you. I mean, and so I think that's the issue. But when you're talking about younger guys, even I thought Sky more into this bucket. When you're talking about, you know, going back to training camp and you're spreading, you know, opportunities across nine different receivers and then you end up keeping seven, you know, are you really giving any of these guys enough development time? Are you giving them enough attention? Are you giving them enough time on the field to learn everything? Are you getting everything taught the way that, that Andy Reid wants to? I mean, I I could make a case for that because you're seeing the results of that on the field. You're seeing guys not knowing their assignments. You're seeing them not know, uh, you know, where they're supposed to line up. You're seeing these issues pop up. And, and some of that, Hey, Richie James missed eight weeks with an injury. I mean, you can't help that, you know, and that was certainly development time in this offense that he's, he missed. Other players have done the same thing. I mean, Kadarius Tony has never really been healthy. So that's development time that he's missed. And then you throw in guys just not being healthy themselves. I mean, there's not been a single moment this season that that Travis Kelsey's been 100%. When you factor all of these things in, I mean, every one of them hurts the offense a little bit. So when Andy Reid leans on the, hey, the offense is off a tick, I mean, it does resonate for me because – all these guys are off a tick. I mean, that's just the, the the way that this team has gone. And maybe it is just the little tiny injuries piling up. Maybe it's the, you know, the way that the roster was constructed that has led to, you know, guys not getting enough reps and enough practice time to really fully develop in this offense. Maybe after the season, we're going to find out that there's something nagging at Mahomes. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me because he hasn't looked himself. So if you've tell me after the season that he's been dealing with a lingering ankle or an arm issue or a hand or something of this nature, I mean, I don't like to speculate like that, but you know, it's right now, I mean, I'd buy it because this, he doesn't look himself and that's very unlike Patrick Mahomes. I will tell you this. Uh, it's funny that you bring that up because I put that in my game notes yesterday is that it, something is physically off. It's not just, uh, you know, expectations or putting the ball in places where, uh, 
grandiose things have to happen on, on maybe some receivers that aren't experienced enough to pull it off. It does look as there is a mechanical, physical issue going on to me as well. The question is, what can you do to fix that? What's the time frame? That's what we're going to talk about next. And then we're going to turn to the Bengals as well because there's more work to be done and it's got to be done soon. We're going to hit that all here on the Lockdown Podcast Network coming up next. And whether you want to go try to get to another ball game, whether you want to get to a concert or something else that you personally are looking for, there are plenty of options out there. But if you're going to make a decision last minute and you might have more opportunity these days right now to try to get to Arrowhead, the way to do it is at game time. It makes your life super simple. You can see your seat before you select it. You're able to move around. Check everything out that you might want to know before you plop your money down on a football game ticket like my guy Cash did yesterday. He reaped the benefits, and you can too. It's super simple. You can go there. They have zone deals. They have last-minute deals. They have sales that can get you into the stadium or into the venue at the last moment and get you what you're looking for. It's very simple. Go download the GameTime app, sign up for an account, and use our code LOCKEDONNFL to get yourself $20 off of your first purchase. It makes things super smooth, and it makes it so that you can enjoy the event, whether the event turns out the way that you're looking for it or not. Again, make your account, sign up with our code LOCKEDONNFL, and you'll get $20 off of your first purchase. It's last-minute tickets. It is lowest prices, and it is guaranteed. As we bring Matt Derrick in here to be um, what I think is very important, uh, an old professor of mine at Kansas told me uh, in sports psych, it's an evolving situation. You can never have a standard that you approach every roster with. And we always talk in, in camp about how every version of a football team is a little bit different than the last year. It's not the same animal. And I wonder if this year with the coaching staff having been, I think, maybe gone in one direction and now having so much youth at one position group in particular that we've been focused on all season, there might be some details that are missing on some other parts of the offense as well. That all comes back to say is I think you have to take a, a, a wider view of this and really kind of approach everything as if it's a fresh look. That takes a little bit of time. We're talking about two regular season games here. We're talking about trying to get ready for a playoff contention. I'm just not sure, Matt, and you might have to talk me off the ledge is there even enough time to get this corrected? Or is it the luck of the draw, you go in with how you are now and hope that you can get it done? We're going to have one second. <laughs> we lost you there for a second. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> That's why this team is so enigmatic and perplexing to me. Because, you know, once again, you can, you can, this is a two phase team. I mean, you can build two different pictures of this team by looking at everything. You know, you can look at the record and clearly say, okay, they're nine and six. They're not at the upper echelon of the AFC. They're not on that top tier. They're in the next tier down. You can say, hey, wait a minute. You know what? They were six and one to start the season. They're three and five since then. They're clearly a team going in the wrong direction. But then you can also say, tell you what, this team has lost a lot of close games. They're maybe four plays away from being 13 and two and the other way around and feeling a lot better. I mean, you know, once again, right now, you wouldn't feel good about a six seed Buffalo coming in to play third seeded Chiefs. But those two teams basically played to a draw a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it was, it was a bad penalty away from the Chiefs winning that game. So. You know, I mean, that's just on the razor's edge that this team has been. And and I think it's more so. I mean, they, they, this team has generally played close games over the years, and they've been so good at winning them. 
I mean, right now, is it just regression to the mean? I don't think that's entirely the case. I mean, I think this team has some fundamental flaws and and those aren't going to get fixed. I mean, do they need some veteran leadership in specific places? I mean, I'm starting to think that this team misses Juju Smith-Schuster in more ways than we can probably imagine. And it has nothing to do with being on the field. I mean, I think it has to just do with a lot about leadership and example and, you know, that they really probably lack somebody with that kind of gravitas in the in the wide receiver room that can lead. I mean, you know, so, I mean, those kind of things, coaching changes, anything of that nature, that's offseason. To me, the question for the Chiefs and, and what's going to happen to them in the playoffs is as simple as this. It's how many clean games can they play in a row? I mean, right now, I don't think we can really say that we've seen them play more than one clean game in a row. Um, turnovers like they had against the Raiders, you're not going to win a playoff game. You just that's not going to happen. I mean, that is to me. I mean, I, I don't mean this in a derogatory sense towards Alex, but it's Alex Smith football. And, you know, the Chiefs looked like they were playing Alex Smith football yesterday. That's not Super Bowl football, unfortunately. It's good. You know, it can win your games. But um, and, and, and bringing in our conversation that we just had about, you know, Patrick and the offense from before. You know, how do you game plan around that when maybe, you know, you have some limitations? I mean, again, I think if the, if the Chiefs really knew that, I think that they would have hit that button a long time ago. Um, this team, for whatever reason, I mean, going back really to 2018, this team, once it gets to December, has always been able to crack the whip and become a different team. And this year, they don't have the horses to do that. I, I have to agree with you. And that brings me back to what what can you do? And I keep coming back to the fact that we've talked all season about how this is this is about the quarterback. It's about providing him protection. We've seen the tackle struggle. It's it's about providing him targets that cannot just run to a space or run a route cleanly, but be able to do all the extra things that this offense does run on in making adjustments and making reads. Is it to the point now where we just have to take the pressure off of Patrick Mahomes? Because I do feel like the, the, the pressure cooker is starting to boil over for him. He is getting to the point where the frustration is – beyond what I think he's being supported to. So how do we take that pressure off of him? Is it very much uh, simply just run basic routes? It doesn't have to be that susceptible. There are zone beaters known to every coach on the way down into junior high that can beat these zones. It's about delivery. It's about timing. It's about making sure that you know what you're doing before and you're not waking, make, waiting to make a giant play or that kind of thing. It feels to me that it's still a story that started about six weeks ago of just keep it simple, keep dumbing it down, and let athletes be athletes. I think our targets that we saw behind the line of scrimmage yesterday was maybe the biggest illustration of just how little is going on in that area of just letting guys be the guys they are and using it to its full advantage. Is that enough to get them wins at this point? I mean, I think it's the only thing that they can do. I mean, I, I, I heard some suggestions here in Kansas City over the last 24 hours that, you know, maybe the Chiefs just need to play Marty Ball. And I don't completely agree with that, although I tell you what, I do have a memory going back. And I, I should look it up and, and see. But it was during one of those streaks where, you know, of the DeBerg era, I probably uh, – when the Chiefs defense was so good and the offense was so bad. And, and and Marty Schottenheimer and I've tried I, I don't know who was the I can't remember who was the offensive coordinator at the time I think it was before Jimmy Ray so but back in the day and I think it was against Washington that they were playing and it was literally they called nothing but three step drops get the ball out quick and there was nothing further downfield than that and you know this feels like that the Chiefs I think offensively 
have to probably play against type. They have to do something differently than teams are experiencing against them. And, you know, you're not going to throw a bunch of new plays into the playbook at this point. But like you said, you've got zone beaters. You've got quick hits in the offense. You just probably need to run every single one of them and do that. I mean, once again, I mean, behind the line of scrimmage throws like this, things work. I mean, Rasheed Rice is an incredible catcher of the ball and runner of the football. If you just get him out in space, I was on the edge. They've got other players and other receivers who can do the exact same thing. I mean, you may, we don't know if you're going to have Isaiah Pacheco next week. You need to build in, obviously, plays that are designed for Clyde that he's going to be able to take advantage of in in situations like that, too. Uh, That's, I mean, how are you going to do it? Because the question is, how are the Chiefs going to win in the postseason? If they want to make some noise, they're going to have to lean on the defense and just do enough on offense. And the one thing that that they've really got to get through, and, and this is probably to Mahomes more than anybody, because I think he's, at this point, there's certainly some guys that you've got to preach ball security. But if anything, Mahomes is the one that's got to really recognize that ball was precious and can't do some of the things he's been doing. And And I get it, because I think we talked about this again after the game yesterday. I mean, Mahomes is so good at making plays, but those are the those are the great memories. I mean, but those aren't the the butter plays. I mean, those aren't the the things that just absolutely you know those when you kind of talk about these fifteen yard drives and seventy four yards that the Chiefs have been so good at, you know, when the three play seventy five yard drives drives not there, you do it with some very simple throws and very simple plays and picking apart defenses like that. You're just going to have to do that, and you can't look for the quick fix. And I think that's probably the one thing more than has gotten into Mahomes' mind than anything is that it's all on him to do everything, and he's got to he's got to get the big hit, and he's got to make the big play. No, I mean, this is literally going to have to be game management football for him for, I think, six weeks. I agree, and it all comes back to him and him and him, and it is about Mahomes and how this offense can work. I, I agree with you. I think one of the problems we saw yesterday, it, it, rather than um, you know a a eight yard slant uh, or holding on to the ball for what is what a five point three second out that you knew was going to be way too late in the play. I think he admitted that post game. Uh, it's about recognizing you don't have to make that play. Throwing it away is acceptable. It's frustrating. Three and outs are far too plentiful as well. But I think it all comes back to him managing himself. We're going to talk about that more coming up tomorrow, but we have to take a look right now at where they are against the Bengals. Another team that is not living up to expectations. Their quarterback is not present currently. Can the Chiefs get it done, and can they take advantage of that coming up next? Maybe. And... If you want to get in the action, this is the way to do it. It doesn't matter whether the Chiefs are, are coming off a frustrating loss or they're just coming away. You can get in the action right now at Prize Picks. It is the biggest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and it's ready for you. It's exciting and it's easy to play. It is a simple choice of more points or, or less points than a given line on a given player. You put two players, two six players together in an entry, you can do that in 60 seconds. Will Patrick break 250 yards next week? Will he throw less than two touchdowns? That's another one that you can choose. Up, down, that's it. When you can do that, it makes your life a lot simpler, and they'll even give you an injury guarantee. When your players get hurt in the first half, you're going to have that protection and get rebooted. So that player is only going to be 
available on prize picks for that type of situation you want to get into it the withdrawals are easy the app's great it makes life simple and you can get it done super super quick it's over at prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl and you have to use our code locked on nfl to get that benefit for up to a hundred dollars in your first deposit match so you put in a hundred they give you a hundred on top of it it's at prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl and type in that code locked on nfl it's at prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy This is where the rubber hits the road, Matt. I thought coming into the season, and you tell me if I if I was even off then, uh, that this game against the Cincinnati Bengals is what we'd be pointing to for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, it has not turned out that way. Another struggling team, obviously Joe Burrow out, but still a lot of talent on that roster. This is not the situation I thought they'd be in where it's still looking to be a close game, but it's nowhere near what I would hope it would be. Is this an opportunity, in your opinion, given the defensive uh, history that that team has against Patrick Mahone's offense, can they even expect to be able to right some of the wrongs here? Is this even a good team for them to face this week when they have to sort themselves out? Yeah, I mean, to me, there's once again, a couple of different ways to look at this. I mean, absolutely, you see the Bengals, and it's a team with their back against the wall. They need to win. Uh, they're eight and seven. I mean, they can't, they really can't afford a loss if they want to meet, make the playoffs. But right now, they don't have their all world quarterback. Um, Jake Browning's been good, but he showed he's got some weaknesses last week against the Steelers. And right now, I mean, with Jamar Chase dinged up and you don't know what he's got, hey, if you could go into this game as the Chiefs and you're thinking to yourself, okay, we can put Legarius Sneed on T. Higgins and that's all. And then everybody else can worry about clamping down on the run. I mean, you know, the Steelers didn't even worry about that. Steelers let T. Higgins run free. And all they did was just really worry about taking away the run and, and focusing on turnovers. And that worked. Um, now, the Chiefs defense, that's that's been one of their weaknesses. I mean, they have not been the most opportunistic defense, but they will stop you in your tracks. So, you know, if they can stop the run, if they if if Legarius gets you know put on T. Higgins and can shut him down, then what are the Bengals going to do? I mean, there is the opportunity there for the Chiefs defense to feast. But there's no doubt. I mean, to me, if you're Kansas City, you got to hold the Bengals to under 17 points and hope that your offense can stumble to get the, the points that they need because this isn't the Bengals' defense of the last few years. They're not as good as they have been. Um, they started to suffer a few defections and losses and everything, and those are making a difference. So there are opportunities to put up points and yards against this team. You do have to get turnovers, though. I mean, you have to, to force that young quarterback to make mistakes. And I think that the Chiefs' defense can do that. I mean, if, if they can get turnovers and they win that battle, I mean, uh, to me, that's the path to the Chiefs winning this game. But they, they're going to have to protect the football on their own side, too. I agree, and and I think after we saw what Zemir Wright was able to do against them on Christmas Day, stacking the box, taking away the run with manpower, and, and more specifically, staggered base defense, not the everybody up on the line of scrimmage, flat look that this team goes to very often when they do get beat for large chunks in the run game. I think you have to have a measured defense have to focus, and then, again, you're able to work off of that in your pass rush. If there's one group that I feel comfortable being left a little bit undermanned or left to be in man, it is the secondary. Uh, I thought Jalen Watson positive that Jamar Connor did as well. Mike Edwards is up and down for me. The bottom line does come through that 
overall, as long as you are being aggressive towards that offense, it feels like the advantage is still in the Chiefs' corner, uh, offense versus offense. The Chiefs should be able to put up more points. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I do. And, you know, and you make a, re- a really good point about, you know, the, the Chiefs defense. And, you know, and that's and one of the things that we're continuing to do is to see teams, uh, I think, poke at the one weakness that the Chiefs defense has right now, which is they don't have Brian Cook. And we've seen teams, you know, attack the Chiefs defensively in different ways the last few weeks. I mean, the Raiders were once again a team that was going to decide they were going to run the football. So, you know, that was you know, trying to run in the directions of Mike Edwards' side of the field because normally Brian Cook is, good, is, I think, a much more sure-handed tackler, a little bit more physical. So that's the side of a field that I don't think you would normally attack when he's back there as the last line of defense. But right now, I mean, I think you got some opportunities there, and especially when, you know, hey, the Chiefs are still kind of working Nick Bolton in because he does have the one arm, basically, that he's playing with, and that's another reason why I think that teams are going to try and run the football. Um, but honestly, I mean, if the white the yards that Zamir White got on Monday don't bother me when you're able to if, I mean, if you're going to give up 140 yards rushing to somebody, make it on a day when you only give up, what, 62 yards passing. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't matter. I mean, and, and the biggest chunk play that he had, the, you know, the 43 yard run on a second and four. I mean, that was on a play on a drive where the Chiefs knew that they had to stop him after three yards. It didn't matter if he got five. Five was the same as 43. They needed to stop him for a three yard gain or less in order to get the ball, and give it back to their offense. So they were playing. They're trying to go for the home run play. They had to in that situation. So it really, the next, you know, to me, 39 yards of that run were completely and totally irrelevant to the outcome of that game. Um, but, you know, so that's why I mean, the defensive performance against the Raiders, you do that against the Bengals and you don't have two terrible, terrible turnovers, you're going to win the game. I mean, that's, it's, to me, it's, it's very simple for the Chiefs. Play good defense and don't turn the football over. That is all you have to do. And the problem is that we just haven't seen them not turn the football over this season. Keep it in your hands and not the enemies. It makes perfect sense. So I'm not even going to put you on the spot for a score prediction because I don't think we can get close to that with this particular team in this particular week. But how do you see this game against the the lesser Bengals go, knowing that the Chiefs are lesser as well? Yeah, I mean, and unless there's something dramatic that changes during this week, um, I mean, I, I am pro- my my score will probably prediction will be in the teens. I can't bank on the Chiefs all of a sudden putting up a bunch of yards until they prove that they can do it. And and I think that there's probably some realization on their side that game plan wise offensively is that they're going to have to be more conservative. They're going to have to have an intent to move the ball more deliberately. And that will lead should and, and lead to fewer possessions and a slower pace game. The, the, the Bengals will probably be trying to do the exact same thing. I don't think that they want to get trying to get into a track meet with the Chiefs because I Frankly, I don't think either team is built to win a track meet right now. So I, 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 and I, I trust in the Chiefs' defense. I mean, I think that they can stop the Bengals. I don't think they're going to give up a ton of points. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Hey, we'll see if Jamar Chase comes back this week. That can make us. That would certainly tilt things in the favor of the Bengals a little bit. But right now, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I told you on Friday that. I'm going to say it is. This is a 1917 game, and right now I would lean Kansas City, but I might just be wishful thinking because I, I, I mean, right now you look at the records. I mean, there's not a whole lot separate in these two teams, except one has Patrick Mahomes and one has Jake Browning. Yeah, it, that normally should be a very drastic 
difference. Right now, it doesn't appear to be. We're going to give you the rest of the lowdown as we get closer to game time, Matt. Thanks for leading us through, and we appreciate you guys. Follow everything Matt does at ChiefsDigest.com and here on YouTube on the Chiefs Digest channel. Thanks for the time, Matt. Hope you had a good holiday. Same to you as well. Happy holidays, everybody. Take care. Folks, we will be back. Check out the Locked On uh, Sports Today stream. That is 24-7. You're going to see some of our faces on there, uh, probably from last night, and uh, a little bit of ranting and raving. That's perfectly fine. Check it out. You're going to enjoy that feed. And make sure you like, sub, and hit this bell right here. Check out our text line at 816-357-8781. We appreciate you being with us today, very much so, on a day that isn't that much fun, but we got you all week up going to the Bengals. Thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you next time.